Rush with Jenny Lehman and Tyler McComas. I just think over the past couple years, we have really felt the effects of that. Mm -hmm. And um, what's kind of good is knowing now how to handle those things. Gotcha. Think about 2021 where, you know, we're coming out of COVID and and just burst onto the scene um, stronger than that 19th season, which we thought was like one of our best seasons of all time. Right. So um, we had a lot of we had a lot of attention um, back then and, and even last year with Jossie's home run chase and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, even with all those things, we're just really focusing on ourselves and how we can be the best that we can be day in and day out. JT Gasso there talking about this uh, upcoming run. A right. little bit of comparison there between some previous years. Um, I, it feels like, honestly, that they are, I mean, they're hitting the postseason in what appears to be their best stride, like their their best time as a, as oh, a yeah. team. So that's, that's what I said on Monday yeah. is when we were, if you know, evaluating things before the year, here's how I hope that they look at the end of the Big 12 tournament. Like, this is exactly what you would have said right here. Yeah. And, and that comment was on, you know, handling – the pressure or is there a pressure of handling the winning streak and it's a good point by JT it's it's really not anything new that they faced before I mean they have four of the five longest winning streaks in college softball history this program is just used to dealing with pressure so for most would it be a a distraction maybe but I'm do they still notice it sure is it going to be a huge deal I, I I don't think it's going to be you know from what I gathered with Patty Gasso recently um she is not a fan of the winning streak situation yeah i and i i understand because with the fans it's a big deal right it's a it's a big opportunity it's a big moment to be able to perhaps own the longest winning streak in collegiate softball history like that's something to be really proud of but from the team's perspective and the coach's perspective it really doesn't have anything to do with any of their goals in fact it really works against them by becoming a a big distraction for the for the team right having to answer questions about it people talking about it there's whether you know, they want to admit it or not. Everyone on that team would love to be a part of the team that has the longest winning streak. So there's there's pressure built up a little bit about it. And it just becomes something, just becomes a burden that you wish you didn't have to deal with. Yeah, I, I think in the moment right now, you're right about that. She doesn't necessarily maybe love to deal with that. But I think after the fact, after after it's over, that's when she looks at it. Right. And if it doesn't – like, if they still win the national championship this year, if they get the winning streak and still win the national championship, then I think maybe that she looks back on it and says, yeah, that's a really cool deal. I'm glad that happened. Because right. as, as a fan, like, I, I mean, I think I speak for all OU softball fans. The number one overall goal last time I checked is to still win a title this year and make it three consecutive. But 
yeah, it would be cool to have the longest winning streak in the sport. Just like it's cool to have the longest winning streak in all of college football, too. Yeah. It's a fun bragging point to have. It it's is. the best thing going in softball. It's the best program out there. And it would be fitting and it would be awesome if they can throw out every other thing that they've accomplished the past 23 years and also say they have the longest winning streak. Yeah. So I I understand Patty's point, but I, I kind of do care about it. Well, yes. And, and that's the thing is like right now, during the moment, the fans care about that way more than the team does. But after it's over and it's accomplished and they still hit, if they still hit all their goals this year, then it'll be something that they look back and are really, really proud of. So I see, I could see both sides of it. And frankly, I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I, so, I, I, there you go. <laughs> I do as well. I do as well, especially after the news that dropped today that has everyone all uh, PO'd where the uh, the final three players for player uh, of the year in all of college softball was released. Oh, you had three of the final top ten. Jordy Ball, T.R.A. Jennings, and Jada Coleman released the final three candidates, and none of the three made it. And I got to be honest with you, man, I thought Jada was has been trending for a while to win this award. i shocked that she's not in the top three. Frankly, shocked that no Sooners are in the top three. Maya Brady of UCLA is there. Valerie Cagle of Clemson is there. And Skylar Wallace of Florida is there. All three of those have great numbers. Uh, Valerie Cagle, she pitcher and a utility player, two-way player. Great stats on all three. It's just, man, it's what I've been saying for a few weeks now. Not everything is equal in this sport. OU's just played a much tougher schedule than anyone else has. And I think that if they didn't weigh that in, they should have weighed that in. Because with any of those three, the numbers are fantastic, but the level of competition has been really, really difficult. So, so what's the what's the reasoning? You think? Uh, I have no idea what the reasoning is. I, I mean, that's why I'm so surprised that the number one team, the unquestioned number one team doesn't at least get the credit to have one player here. Now, there, there are some like with D1Softball.com, or maybe it's not. There, there's some softball podcast that's out there that they've been holding it against OU's pitching staff and like Jordy Ball specifically. Well, yeah, okay, like she's got all these great numbers, but she's also got the best defense behind her, like almost knocking her a little bit because of the great defense that plays behind her. So well, I don't that know if the, that went into this or what. Was that that analytical thing that went no, around recently? That was, no, that was okay. that was from D1 Softball. I think like the Seven Innings podcast has been making that claim. Hmm. Frankly, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I wish I had a good answer because I think with Jada Coleman, the numbers are there. I don't think she's been caught – I don't think she's been caught stealing once all year long. Right. And I don't think that – defense is necessarily weighed in as heavily as it should be in player of the year discussions. I mean, there's a fielding percentage attached to it, but there's just not the numbers that you can look at like you can on the offensive side. Jada Coleman's the best center fielder in the game this year and maybe the best single best defensive player in softball. That should be weighed in. Like, she's the one that got snubbed, in my opinion, more yeah. than any of the three. Uh, yeah, she's what? She's hitting 432 right now, which, you know – uh, there's some really good players out there. I mean, there are for sure. So, um, 
I guess I don't know enough about it to to claim one way or the other what exact who should be where. It is a shock though that whenever you've got a team right now that's on a a forty plus game winning streak, and you know they've got what three pitchers that are right there tops in the country, and they don't have uh, anyone in the top in three. In the top three, yeah. So, well, but, especially when you had three of the top ten, you know? Right. Like when and you had three the, of the top ten, you would think at least one of those is going to make the final three, and that just did not happen. And you got – Okay. You're the you're the number one seed in the tournament. Like, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, that's, that's going to be something that's going to be debated and, and everything, but it's almost – a blessing in disguise. Well, and that's the way that OU Twitter took it today. And right. honestly, that's the right way to approach it is I felt like Alyssa Brito was a massive snub last week on the All-Big 12 team. And her first at-bat, what did she have, like a two-RBI double, something like that? She had a good tournament. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there was always going to be incentive to play well this week for those three. But you never know what can really motivate someone. Maybe that's just a little extra motivation for those three players in this team again. Yeah. What's the who were the final three? The final three were Maya Brady of UCLA. She's a utility player, um, listed as a utility player. Yeah. Valerie Cagle. She's a pitcher and a utility player, so a two way player that's really good at both. For Clemson, yeah. you might see her in the uh, four six super regional. She's hitting four sixty. They've got her listed as first base too. And Skylar Wallace of Florida, who I believe won SEC Player of the Year this year. Shortstop hitting four sixty. Uh, OPS of 1650. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, she's got some impressive numbers. Uh, 30 stolen bases too. I just really thought that this is Jada's award going back to over a month ago, but I would have been shocked if you would have told me like last week or even yesterday, but definitely a month ago, if you told me she wasn't one of the final three. Hey, uh, Skylar Wallace is a junior. Really? Think she's going to transfer to OU well, next year? Is that what you're hitting at? I was, Did you say shortstop? Grace Lyons is leaving. Just I, uh, get her to transfer to OU. I yeah. was just clicking through some of these names. That's why I asked. Oh, Mike White would Valerie, lose it. Valerie Cagle, uh, junior at Clemson as well. Could you imagine Mike White if Skylar Wallace transferred from Florida to OU? For Amazing. her, maybe her final year of uh, eligibility. God, just for that, I'd, I'd love to see it. Oh, that's great. Uh, let's see. I wonder if those voting split the votes with all three Sooners canceling them out like a Heisman vote. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. I just I thought Jada was the obvious one. Uh, I love this. Need Jocelyn Allo to go Torrance Marshall at the WCWS. <laughs> We've come to get our girls trophy. That is brilliant. That is an awesome text. Oh, that is great. phenomenal. It's a little bit different because Allo's not on the team anymore and Torrance Marshall was, but I don't even care. It's that is that is so well done. That's great. Yeah. Johnny H says player of the year snub in softball sounds like OU fatigue. Uh 918 must be Jen Schroeder, who we yep. always troll on this show. I always troll on this show, I guess. Yeah. Um 918, it's as simple as the national people have OU softball fatigue. They are punishing the girls for it. Yeah. Okie drink slinger. They hate us because they ain't us, plain and simple. Uh, yeah. A lot of media fatigue uh, going on here, just like Alabama football. Yeah. What the text line has to say. Well, and, you know, that that stuff happens. You know, I, I think that that stuff happens for sure. Um, 
you know, you just you got to take what opportunities you can to uh, to use it, right? To use it for some motivation and uh, go see what you can do. As intimidating as Torrance Marshall was in that moment, and I don't know if Chris Winkie's ever been asked about it publicly, but he at least peed in his pants a little bit. Florida State's lucky that they had the uh, the gold pants on that day to maybe hide it a little bit better. But I'm pretty sure Chris Winkie, he peed a little bit in that moment. <laughs> he, Torrance Marshall, super intimidating. I think Alo, like with what she accomplished in the sport, would be almost equally intimidating in the softball world if she said, we've come to get our girls' trophy <laughs> right before the game. I think you're on to something there. Uh, that's probably right. Uh, I don't know, man. This is uh, – you're, you're stirring up the hornet's nest, I believe, which is a good thing. I, that's, Me that's or, what this team or the committee? The – the committee, the voting the, committee, whoever's voting on the yeah, this is bad news for everyone else. Right. M- Missouri and Cal did not like seeing this today. Clemson had a player in the final three, which you know they're glad about that. But if they have to face OU in a super regional, so I don't, what, I don't know how many other people love to see this. Today. What is the? Um, do you know who who's won the this award in the previous couple of years? What did uh, Jossie win it last year? I want to say maybe. Have. Yeah, I would think so. I had to have. That's what I was trying. I was trying to. There's, I, I get confused because there's this award and then there's the Honda Cup, which the Honda Cup I think is the, the best, best player in the tournament, um, best female athlete in any sport. I want to uh, say, which I think Kalani Ricketts won. I know Kalani Ricketts won the Honda Cup one year. I, I feel like that's what it is. Okay. All right. Well, I like it. I like it. This is this is what you want. A little bit of uh, bulletin board material. Um, it's good. We're seeing that. We're seeing that quite a bit. You know, we're seeing that quite a bit. Football teams not making many top twenty fives. Not making. Uh, Brett Yormark voted on the top three players in the sports. All I wanted the past two years. Oh, okay, not shocking. Yeah. It's, it's uh, there's some there's some dooming going on in the text line. Recruiting Doomer one. I wonder if Patty Gasso could recruit defensive tackles. Yeah, there's a uh, crystal ball in today for Zadavian Sims to Oregon. So Ooh. some are pressing the panic button as uh, decision day nears on Saturday. Yeah, who put that one in? Wilt Fong, Steve Wilt Fong, the and, head the head guy over there at twenty four seven. And he's usually like that's a that's, yeah. I mean that's, that's, one that's you a, can go off that's, of. a, that's a really good source. Uh huh. Now it feels like the the guys that cover OU recruiting are still very confident in OU, but the Oregon side and the national side seems to be favoring Oregon in this one. Yeah, man, I <laughs> I just went back and went to last year's softball statistics, Jocelyn Allo's numbers. Yeah, once you read those off, oh my, I, God. C- I could use a nice laugh. What what do those look like? So she hit five fifteen. Jeez. Uh, which, you know, this girl that's uh, uh, Sydney McKinney, who's at Wichita State. Yeah, she's, she's really good. She's number one this year. She was number one last year, too, at 522. But Jocelyn Allo was uh, 515. OPS, 1.858. How many walks did she have? 54. Jeez. 54 walks, 34 home that's, runs. That's averaging close to a walk a game and still finding a way to hit – 515 a, a year ago. 85 RBI. Just. Awesome she got numbers. intentionally walked so many times. And if she wasn't getting intentionally walked, obviously they were pitching away from her. 
So with that being the case, still able to hit 515 with 85 RBIs. It's just, man. So think about best this. Best to ever do it. She had 165 at-bats. And 54 of those were walks. So she's, she's at, like, what, 109 at-bats after that? And she had 34 home runs. And 85 RBIs. And 85 RBIs. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not saying that we took it for granted, but it's, you know, a year later you look back at those numbers and say, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. So it's actually interesting. So, okay, so she was walked 54 times, hit by pitch nine times. So that's 63 right there. And then she struck out 19 times. So that's 82 of her. Yeah. How uh, many times would she make contact? Bats? Was she was she getting on base? Did yeah. She, was it a base hit? That's crazy. That's awesome. Just incredible numbers. All right, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. Keep hitting us on the Knippelmeyer text line six five one three four three nine. We'll be groundbreaking effort and get advantage miles. Go to standuptocancer.org/slash/AmericanAirlines. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. On three has their post-spring Big 12 power rankings. I know we all been waiting on that. I've been uh, interested to see in all these power rankings who's uh, ranked last, and I've seen about five different rankings and five different teams ranked as the 14th best team in the conference. Yeah. On three has West Virginia this time around as the uh, worst team in the league. Huh. I've seen uh, Houston there. I've seen Cincinnati there. I've seen West B- Virginia there. I think I've seen B- BYU there. BYU Maybe is like Iowa odds, State there. Or or was their win win total the lowest? I don't know, but yeah, it's um well, I think it's there's a couple of things. When you're adding four new teams to a conference, there's a lot of unknown Especially when those teams aren't coming from a power five. Well, especially when like Cincinnati's got so much turnover, coaching turnover. They exactly. are, I mean, maybe the biggest unknown in the conference. You've got an independent, you've got teams coming from, from non-power five, so they're stepping up a level of competition. I mean, like when Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC, there's going to be some unknown in how do Oklahoma and Texas navigate an SEC schedule? What does that schedule look like? So it it can be difficult to predict yeah. like what what that year is going to look like, it, it, but if you're stepping up from a non power five to a power five, that makes it even more difficult. It may be fair, but to that point, I agree. Like, OU's first year in the SEC, it, I mean, exactly a year from now when we're seeing SEC power rankings, yeah. I wouldn't expect to see OU in a top three or a top four before the year, no unless doubt. they were like to win a national championship or something crazy this year. More than likely, you're going to see him right around, you know five six seven somewhere like that potentially if, if they win a national championship this year they still may not third be behind georgia one. and bama <laughs> right yeah, probably right. probably man uh on three has texas at one surprise surprise kansas state at two okay. tcu at three oklahoma at four tech at five baylor at six ucf at seven ku at eight oklahoma state at nine BYU at 10, Iowa State at 11, 
Cincinnati at 12, Houston at 13, West by God, Virginia at 14. It's a lot of teams. Um, I know it's weird, isn't it? It's a lot of teams, and there's a whole lot of – of I mediocrity to try and – the, the top three or four, okay – I, I kind of know who I feel is going to be the top three or four. Outside of that, I honestly believe everyone else is going to be probably end up right around the same, you know, depending on what, what their schedule looks like. Some schedules are different strengths, different football teams, yeah. but overall talent level. I, I, I feel like there's so many teams that have a, okay, if this happens, then they got a chance to maybe sneak in the top four. All right, if Alan Bowman finally has the year that everyone's been waiting on, Oklahoma State could be pretty good. If Baylor puts it together offensively with their quarterback, they could push for a big – like there's just so many teams with so many one big ifs, and if those happen, yeah. then they could win nine, ten games. And, and I honestly believe that there is uh, – even if you want to uh, – Texas, if you want to pick Texas as the team to win it, which – I don't know who would, but there's no like consensus behind Texas. If you want to pick Kansas State, I can look at that and say, yeah, they won it last year. They've got some good pieces coming back. They're really well coached. Um, I could see how you could pick Kansas State, but no consensus. TCU coming off of, of what they did a year ago. Chandler Morris is back. Uh, still have some good pieces. Like, I wouldn't pick them, but I could understand how someone might. Not a consensus there. Same thing with OU. Like, there is no consensus best team in the Big 12 right now. And I think that that makes for a really interesting season. I, you know, there, there's a bunch of teams that, you know, you can find a way to make a claim where you could envision they, they'd win it. But Yeah, and to that, there's a text from the 918. Tech at 5, LOL, which I, I know that sounds crazy, but – out of the teams behind them, I don't know who for sure I would put at five, uh, if not if not Tech. I mean, Baylor, UCF, Here's KU, Here's what's funny about that text message. Tech at five, I don't know if they're LOLing that they should be higher or that they should be lower. Well, given Tech's history, I'm going to guess lower. I know, my but guess. I'm laughing at it because some people think Tech is going to win the conference, right? Well, I One person. That, and I think that was a hot take. I don't but. know. On three, I feel like I saw on three's bowl projections today on Twitter, and they had Texas Tech in a New Year's Six. Are you sure that wasn't Brett McMurphy's? Like they, that may have been a story uh, like that a, they ran. A, yeah, yeah, gotcha. they like repurposed it. Maybe, maybe uh, he had them in a in a New well, Year's. He was the one that we read this week that had him playing Bama in the Cotton Bowl, and Tech went in the Big Twelve. Maybe that's what it was. I feel like this was like the Rose Bowl. I refuse I to believe that two different people picked Tech to win the conference. <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. Right. Yeah, it's wild. I it's 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 hard to put your I mean, just think of some teams that have take Kansas, for example. It would not shock me if Kansas was four and eight. But it also would not shock me if Kansas was eight and four. That's a massive wide range for a team. And it's the same thing. Like I would feel the same th- same way about Iowa State. I would somewhat feel the same way about Oklahoma State. 
Like, there's a lot of teams in the conference that are – you just don't really know what to expect. Uh, I like this. If, if this poll is any sort of right, um, you dodge the number two team on here. Well, you play the number one team on a neutral site. Yeah. You dodge the number two team. You are the number four team. You dodge the number five team, and you dodge the number six team. Yeah. And the number 13 team in Houston. But, um, yeah, you don't play – Four of what? Four of the top six teams that are listed on here. That's not bad. And you play one at home and one at a neutral site. Yeah. The tough. The you don't play three of the top six. Well, I I was counting OU as like there's oh yeah yeah yeah, you you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I got you. The toughest uh, or the highest ranked team that you'll play on the road is Kansas at eight. That ain't bad. Yeah. Well, it ain't bad, but also like I said. Kansas may be one of the top. That's three why I'm teams. saying if this poll is any sort of right, you're right. right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. I, it just goes back to the point of what we've been saying since it was released that OU's schedule has done them quite a few favors. Like there's there's no excuse looking at their schedule and saying that they were dealt a bad hand or uh, you know it doesn't line up well for them to make a run. It's, it lines up really well for them. Don't count out the Cyclones, says someone in the 405. Hey. Hey. Here's another thing that's interesting. The You got the team that most likely, I'd be shocked if they didn't finish with statistically the best defense in the conference, and they're all the way down at, like, what, 11? Yeah, because yeah. their offense. It's yeah. how bad their offense has been. It's Wednesday. Why is Teddy there? Oh, man, we've moved into the summer months. This, you know, some people have their, okay, now it's officially summer. Maybe it's Memorial Day. Like, yeah. No, mine is when Teddy starts taking Fridays off instead of Wednesdays. That yep. signifies to me it's officially summer. There's been a shift, and Friday is now the day off of the week, and I don't know if Three that's a good thing or a bad thing. Three day weekends, as far as the eye can see. Oh, nice. man, isn't it, isn't it beautiful? You know, and, and if it was me or anyone else would take full advantage of a three-day weekend, Teddy, eh, he'll just sit at home on Fridays. Just kind of hang out. Well, around. really what ends up happening is I spend four hours on Friday getting the mowing done for the weekend instead of doing it on Saturday and Sunday. You're a Friday, Friday afternoon mowing club and not the Thursday night mowing club? I, is if, that still a big deal? If Thursday night we could just last way longer, then that would be like typically it's I'm in the um, coaching third base little league baseball club on Thursday night. <laughs> nice, four oh five. I'm a diehard Sooner, but I just think OU at nine wins is a successful year because all the reasons you're giving about TCU, Kansas, and Tech. I will respectfully disagree with nine wins being a successful year. If OU's nine and three this year, it's going to be hard for me to point to any that they beat any sort of a good team this year. Well, most likely, I, it's it's ten, ten wins is the floor for me. I've said it enough, but yeah. Here's the thing about that. I I understand the premise of the text message, but you have to step back a little bit and look at what you just typed. Nine wins is a successful year because of all the reasons you're giving about TCU, Kansas, and what was it, Tech or or Baylor. Like, think about those programs. Those programs are not anywhere near the level of Oklahoma. They haven't recruited at anywhere near the level of Oklahoma. They shouldn't 
factor in that big on on our season. Now, I think they're going to be good teams. I think TCU, Kansas, and Tech are all going to be good teams. But, man, if you think nine wins is a successful year, I transport yourself to three years ago and picture yourself saying that, right? That's something that we never would years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years Ever. ago, 20 years ago. And in those years, you had a probably much more difficult schedule than what you have now. If this is truly going to be one of the worst schedules in program history, nine wins to me ain't going to cut it. Sorry. Yeah. And because, I mean, the point is, what's a way to put this? How good do you think this team is, team 129, is compared to, like, where does it rank over the last 20 years? Uh, to, not, not at the top. Uh, maybe not even towards the middle. Uh, trending toward – it's not the worst team. It's better than last year's team, but it's in that final, like, five to six teams maybe. In the, yeah. In the, in the last 20 years, yeah. So, like, whenever you think about it that way – I mean, those teams, most of them, still won 10 games, still won conference championships, and I only on a very small handful of occasions did they not. Well, think so. about the 9 team, who may be one of the teams further down that list. They lost the Heisman Trophy winner in game one, and he only played two other games that year. Their first-round tight end didn't play it down that year. They had a ton of injuries on the offensive line. It was the worst-case scenario injury-wise for that year, and they still won eight games. They didn't win nine, but they got right. pretty close to that uh, nine-win mark that you were talking about. Yep. Yep. By the way, um, I got a lot on the line this year. Apparently, text line is saying if OU doesn't win ten games, I got to do an entire show in a Jimbo Fisher voice. So. Going to need the boys to win 10 this year, please. Yeah, that's big time. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? The hottest selection in town good. Plus, during the Memorial Day sales event, get incredible deals like $14,000 off the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4XE and $10,000 off the 2022 Ram. Foundation and the Ad Council. Weight loss surgery is more than a procedure. It's a life-changing experience. At Norman Regional's Journey Clinic, our goal is to empower our patients so they can achieve their fullest potential in health and in life. Our nationally accredited program offers support through every stage of your weight loss journey, giving you all the resources you need along the way. The path to a healthier you isn't one you have to walk alone. Call 405-515-2049 or visit journeyclinic.com to set an appointment and discover if Journey Clinic is right for you. We know you have a lot riding on your shoulders. You got mouths to feed, you've got bills to pay, and the last thing you wanted was a car wreck and an insurance claim. But at West Yalagosny, we can help. At your free consultation, we'll put a plan together just for you to get you right back on track. And if you've been injured, we'll help you with your property damage, your car, your bike, your truck, but whatever, absolutely free. So don't wait. Call or text West Yalagosny, 405-800-8080. It's 405-800-8080. West Yalagosny. We're different kind of work. Keep holding on 
West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. If you've been hurt in a wreck and you don't know who to trust, take a look at the client reviews at WYG. If you want a lawyer that clients trust, then trust West Yalagosny. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Uh, this sounds awesome, and I know you've probably seen this. Uh, Tennessee is exploring the idea right now of an entertainment district right around Neyland Stadium that's got a hotel, nice. restaurants, retail shops, bars, everything like right there. It's basically in between the stadium and the river. Uh, it looks awesome. So it's like essentially what every single pro franchise is trying to do nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they they – we're mocking it off of, is it LA Live? Is Well, there's LA Live, there's Texas Live, there's Ballpark Village in St. Louis. There's What's like the a one company. In Atlanta? It's called The Battery, but there's yeah. this company, and I don't know if they're called Live, but all of their, they're all called like right. Live. Like it, they made the one in St. Louis by Bush Stadium, but it's called Ballpark Village. It has another name, yeah. but Texas Live, LA Live, like they, I think Louisville has one as well. Like there, I think that's a ton of them. Originally, the same architecture firm is kind of the one that did the mock-up of OU's arena over at University yeah. North Park. Uh, but I don't. I think it's got maybe moved on after that one was uh, mercilessly shot down by the uh, mm, city council. But anyways, uh, I thought that that uh, looked really really cool. Um, this was funny. We ta- I think we talked about. Stetson Bennett was you and I was talking about him uh, having not graduated yet, uh, despite all the years that he's been in college, <laughs> which uh, it makes him even more of a legend in my mind. Right. Uh, it's funny. Jake Fromm uh, graduates Georgia before Stetson Bennett, despite arriving at the same time and already playing three years <laughs> in the NFL. Nice. That was uh, I thought that was pretty. Funny. He's Tommy Boy, except he won a couple of national championships. He got off the plane with all of his stuff and a trash bag and everything, just like Tommy Boy did. He's he's Tommy Boy, uh, Van Wilder, and uh, Abel Kane all rolled up into yeah, a one. A lot of people go to college for seven years. <laughs> They're called doctors. That's all I got. Uh, okay, so are you a big Elon Musk fan? Like him? Love him? Hate him? Don't really care? Uh, Controversial, f- for sure. Fan- I don't know that I'm a fan. I I respect a lot of the things that he's done. The guy is uh, uh, very good at having an idea and implementing it or picking up on someone else's idea and making it way better. He's also good at having an opinion. Here's yeah. his opinion on people that work from home. Look, I, I, I'm a big believer that, 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 that people need to are more productive when they're in person. It's like, it's like really, you're going to work from home and you're going to make everyone else who made your car come work, to the fa- work in the factory? You're going to make the people who make your food that gets delivered, that they, they can't work from home? The, the, the people that, that come fix your house, they, they can't work from home, but you can? Does that seem morally right? That's messed up. You see it as a moral issue? Yes. I mean, I see it more as and just it's a, a, it's, a, it's, a, a... It's a productivity issue, but yeah. it's also a moral issue. Who wants to get off the moral high horse with the work from home? Yeah. Uh, dropped in a couple bombs in there that I, like I, could, <laughs> I had to bleep out, but that's how Elon Musk feels about people that work from home. Like it, love it, hate it. Um, my wife works from home, but... So does mine. I... I think there's a there's a big difference between people that work from home 
and like my wife is incredibly productive at what she does. I have no idea how she does it working from home. If I try, like I tried to work from home for like three days during the pandemic and it was not happening. I don't do anything. Yeah. All the Oreos were gone. Yeah. All of the, I, uh, what, 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 what do you eat? The, uh, Choco tacos everything. were gone. Yeah. If I'm working from home, I just eat nonstop, but there is, I, I get what he's talking about whenever like the pajama group, that's not really doing anything and sending a couple of emails like, I totally understand that. Like, get up, go to work, be productive, be an actual member of society. I agree with that. We did it, Oklahomans. We are not number one. We are not oh, the state yes. with the worst drivers. Yes. However, we are number four. We are the number four state with the worst drivers. Uh, each state was analyzed based on fatal accidents, distracted drivers, Drowsy drivers, drunk drivers, wrong way drivers, oh. and drivers who disobey traffic signs. And surprise, surprise, Texas comes in at number one with the state with the worst drivers. Louisiana at two, Kansas at three, Oklahoma at four, Kentucky at five. Yeah, I think that this is a totally biased, um, like, so Texas, I don't know so much about Louisiana, Kansas, Oklahoma, Kentucky, New Mexico, Wyoming. Like, these are rural areas where you have, like, this big open span, a lot of really dangerous two-lane highways. Um, You notice who's not in there is areas where there's so much traffic that they're just – they go four miles an hour California, the whole time. California, not the top right. ten. Your, yeah, yeah. All sure. of those densely populated areas aren't there. New because Mexico, six. Wyoming, seven. Arizona, eight. Montana, nine. Yeah. South Carolina, ten. It's because we yeah. have really, really dangerous two-lane highways that are way out in the middle of nowhere. Hey, but we're not the worst. Yeah. We're not number one. That's the important part. Love it. So, the uh, not the Oakland A's. Maybe it's the Vegas A's coming Ooh. up. They are building a new stadium on the Strip. Pending public funding, mm. but it does feel like the A's are not long for the city of Oakland. They are the worst team in baseball. They can't get anybody to come out to their games. And I actually saw a video this weekend. They can't get anybody to come out to the games. It was like 90 minutes before first pitch on a game they had maybe this weekend. And there's, there's just these couple of guys just kind of standing there, like sitting yeah. in the seats. And they weren't great seats. They weren't prime seats. But 90 minutes before first pitch. And, again, they can't get anyone to show up to the games. They had ushers going around to everyone already there 90 minutes before, checking their tickets to see if they were in the right spot. And if they weren't sitting in the right spot, well, sorry, nope, you got to get out of here. Scram. Go find where your actual seats are. That's crazy. Gee, it's like they're wanting to, to move to Vegas. I saw something, I think, last night that – their game last night had the lowest attendance number ever in Major League Baseball. Surprise me. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what I saw. It's crazy. And on that point, um, I I can't remember who it was, but I guess there's also an NHL team that's about to be looking for a home. Uh, Atlanta thinks. Does Atlanta think that they maybe. have a chance at that? The the Thrashers tried to do that back 20 years ago or so. Yeah. Maybe actually it's more than that. I think maybe could be. Uh, but how, how about Vegas? They went from being a AAA town and a USFL town to now they're going to have probably three professional franchises there in a span of what less than 10 years, right? And I think baseball is a great idea, especially if it's right there by the strip. I mean wouldn't you go take a weekend trip or something to 
uh, Vegas if the Braves are in town for a quick series? I would, but uh, it would just turn into a circus. Um, well, yeah, but it I, would be amazing. But it would be the worst flight back of all time. I think, I think a bunch of fans from all kinds of of, of different teams would do that. Would fly out there to attend a game if their team was in town for a series. I don't know. It would it would be a lot of fun. I I would definitely hit up a uh, Braves A series in in Vegas. Go play the slots in between innings. Well, you do that and you miss four innings if you hit uh, if you hit a free spin. Good you know? point. Good With point. The way baseball's being played right now. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up our number two next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's Chevy of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, right now, get incredible savings on our best-selling trucks. Like up to $77.50 off MSRP on any new 2023 light-duty Silverado with a 2.7-liter engine. So feel good all summer long and shop Lander's Chevrolet of Norman. And props on the Tempe ballot related to the Arizona Coyotes planned $2.1 billion arena project were shot down by voters per unofficial results uh, oh, easily. Man. So it seems like the future of the Senators and the Coyotes uh, will be decided soon. Text lines like, bring it to OKC, baby. We want an NHL team. Let's go. Right. Santa John even is going as far to say, I'll trade the Thunder back to Seattle for their hockey team. $2.1 billion for a hockey arena? It looks pretty sweet, like a whole development around, but that is pretty steep. Yeah. Man, that is uh, – that's a lot of money. I, I – whew. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know. I, I may have rejected that one myself. <laughs> well, text line's like uh, all about OKC. Let's go. Hockey OKC, let's go. Uh, let's make it happen. Everyone that used to watch the Blazers back in the day and more saying, bring it back. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I there's there's discussions about the Thunder getting a new arena. Um and if you you could make it make more sense if you had a, a hockey team to use it also, but I I don't know. You, I feel like you would want, maybe you wouldn't. I don't know a whole lot about it because they their seasons are timed up at the same time. Yep. I, 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 is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I think it would be. You obviously wouldn't play on the same nights. I mean, you'd have more things going on down there. I think Constantly it'd be, be something happening like for the you? Omni that's down there. I think it'd be a great yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think overall it'd be a good thing. For okay. Sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like you would prefer to have it like stretched out during different times of the year, but. Yeah, there'd be a, there'd definitely be a lot happening down there. Basically, it would end up being almost a nightly thing, right? Sure. Yeah, I um I could see myself maybe getting into NHL. I don't know. I love all, I don't know I, all of the rules other than just try to get the puck in the nets. That's the but all, understanding the the game like that would be a pretty fun aspect of it. The only real rule that you need to understand is offsides. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest one to understand once someone has a chance to quickly explain it to you. It's just an offensive zone. That's you got two zones. The puck has to cross the blue line the first out of anyone wearing your jersey, correct? Simple that's it. That. And anytime it comes out, that's why they wait and kind of skate around the middle is because everyone has to come out of the zone before you put it back in. Other than that, everything else is kind of doesn't really matter a whole lot. For a state that's so football crazy, 
um, hockey might be a, a really good addition to this area just because it's such fast-paced, hard-hitting. I love it. Uh, hockey, to me, is amazing. It's so fun to watch. It's a great spectator sport. Um, there's tons of physicality in it. It's up-tempo. There's not a lot of stops in the action. I would love it uh, to be able to get back into hockey. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up. It's time.